Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. It's all knowing everything that they've sung this morning is about my message, and God is just working in a mighty way, and we're so grateful for that. My batteries are gone dead, but I'm going to stay right here and just preach, okay? All right. But thank you for your turnout yesterday and everyone supporting the church and uh, Halloween and the candy that you received. But we're so grateful that God blesses in mighty ways. He blessed us with his son. And I want you to turn to John chapter 3. What is God's best that we can have? And as we look at this scripture this morning, we... This is one of my favorites. John 3, beginning in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Thank you, Father, for this portion of your scripture, your word that you've given to us. Thank you for your Son, Jesus, who was willing to leave heaven's glory, leave your side, and come to this earth live a perfect life and then go to that cross and die. It took love in the first degree to do that. And we're so thankful for that. Now, Lord, fill our hearts with that love that we might be willing to do whatever you call us to do. Now, help us to preach your word this morning, what you've laid on our hearts. And may you touch people's hearts in a special way. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. What is God's best that we can have? Certainly, it's God's love for us. But you might say salvation, and I'm so thankful for salvation. I'm so thankful that Jesus saved my soul a long time ago. I remember that moment very well, and I hope you do too. You might say that it's the presence of the Holy Spirit living in our heart and life. And yes, that's true. I'm so thankful that the Spirit helps us every day. The Bible says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he's talking about the spirit that leaves, lives within us. And we're so grateful for that. We're so thankful for his provisions. God owns everything. And we can have it because God said, I'm going to take care of you. But for me, all of these are great I, you can't beat them, but to me, it's God's love. God's love. And I want to bring a message this morning just based on verse 16. For God so loved the world. We see God's wonderful love here in this verse. Romans 3.23 says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So how are we going to deal with that sin. God's love deals with that sin. He sent his son, Jesus, to Calvary's cross in order to deal with that sin that we have in our lives. 
But it also says in Romans 6.23, the gift, and to me the best gift, is Jesus Christ, his son. Can't get any better than that. But as we look at God's wonderful love, we want to look at its outreach. The Bible says every nation needs the love of God. Every person living in those nations needs the love of God. And we're so thankful that no matter which way you look, north, south, east, or west, God's love is there for everyone to participate in. No matter what continent, no matter what shape their lives may be in, we may be in the gutter, we may be in the hospital, we may be wherever. God's love is there to help us every moment of the day. No matter what continent, no matter what address you may have, God is there with his wonderful love. Every city, no matter if it's largest, smallest, or in between, God's love will take care of us. Every home, every church, every school, all who abide in these places are affected by God's wonderful love. Not only the outreach, but we see what it does. It delivers from sin, for the Bible has said, and it keeps on saying, that all have sinned and come from short of the glory of God. Delivers from sin. That's the most important thing that anybody will ever need, is to be delivered from sin. Now, I know there's a lot of sickness going around, a lot of cancer, a lot of COVID cases here in the county and all over the nation. But the greatest need is to be delivered from sin because the Bible says all have sinned. You know, it can heal the brokenhearted. Many have lost loved ones due to this COVID uh, sickness. Many have lost loved ones through other means. But you know, God can heal that broken heart, especially if that person who has passed on is in heaven today. We can rejoice because God saved his soul, her soul, and we can know that they are in heaven and we can have those hearts healed because of that one thing knowing that God has taken care of them. You remember David as he prayed after he had sinned with Bathsheba, killed Uriah, her husband, restore me from broken fellowship that sin brought about in my life. He had to pray that prayer because the prophet Nathan came to him and said, David, you have sinned. You have stolen this man's little lamb. Now think about that. Restored from sin. Yes, we can be restored. We can be forgiven. Oh yes, it mends hurts and disappointments just as it did in David's heart, in David's soul. He deserved death because of what he did. But God said, I'm going to let you live. But I want you to live for me. And that's exactly what he says to us. We can sin, God can forgive us, restore us, but you know what he says? I want you to live for me. And from that time on, David lived for the Lord. Oh, we look at Peter, denied the Lord. I don't know him three different times, but you know, 
God lifted the fallen. Peter strayed away from the Lord. I don't know him. But after Jesus turned and looked at him, Peter had a revival in his own heart. He confessed that sin, and Peter lived for the Lord the rest of his life. And then there was Adam and Eve. Don't partake of that particular fruit on this one tree. When you do, you will surely die. Now, what was it that Satan said to them? What was, or is it that Satan says to us today? No, you won't die. You'll just begin to live. Adam and Eve fell for it. And they sinned against God. But what did God do? Yes, he confronted them. He confronted Satan. But he had to kill a little lamb. Because up to this point, they were in the garden naked, had no clothes were not ashamed, but they discovered their nakedness. And God said, I'll kill a little lamb. What was he doing? He was pointing Adam and Eve down to the cross. When the lamb of God would come and be hung on that cross and be mocked and there would die for you and for me, for Adam and for Eve and for everyone else that would be born on this earth. All the sacrifice that he made, it was because of a wonderful love. But we also see the second part of that verse. What a wonderful gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Can you get any better than that? I know all of you can think of marvelous gifts that you've had, give, been given and received from somebody. But the most marvelous, wonderful gift that you'll ever receive is the gift of Jesus Christ. His only begotten son. It's a wonderful gift because of who he is. He is Jesus Christ, the son of God. The only begotten son of God. Even before the world was founded, Jesus Christ was with the Father. Right by his side. What they did before then, I have no idea. Doesn't matter because Jesus Christ, God's Son, came and went to the cross as a gift to you, to me, to all the world so that the world could be saved. And that gift was perfect. There was no sin found in him. The Pharisees, they kept trying to catch him in some kind of sin, but they never did. He was always one step ahead. He already knew their thoughts, and they could not catch him in one sin, and that's what led them to nail him to a cross because they could not get the best of him. Neither will anybody today get the best of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan has tried for years and years and centuries and centuries, but he will never get the best of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Satan's doom is coming because Jesus is perfect and Satan is not. And there will be no sin in that new place that God is making for us. Oh, yes, because of who he is, because of what he did, he gave himself 
to die. No king, no president, not even the angels could atone for man's sin. Only one person could do that, the Lord Jesus Christ. Only the blood of Jesus Christ could eliminate sin's penalty. Yes, the Bible says, for all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. His blood is the only one that could atone for man's sin. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ and the shed blood at Calvary's cross. But we also see that wonderful gift and what it does and what he does for us. He forgives our sins. I'm so thankful that on that Friday night, he forgave my sins, every one of them. And every time I come before him and I realize that I have sinned, all I have to do is confess those sins and Jesus Christ has promised through his word to forgive those sins. Turn with us to Luke chapter 7. I want to read something for you here about being forgiven. Look at verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now turn to verse 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman said, Since the time I came in hath not covered, ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Isn't that the key to everything? Yes, this woman was a sinner. We are sinners. But that woman came with the intent of, Lord, would you forgive me of what I have done? Would you make me a child of your kingdom? She loved so much that she came in behind him and began to wash his feet with tears from her own eyes. Do you remember that time when you got sad? Did the tears run down your face, drop off and hit the floor? They did mine because I realized what a sinner I was. And this woman did the same thing. She loved much, Jesus said. Oh my Yes, Jesus forgives sin. Is this the love that we have as this woman had for the Lord Jesus Christ? She wouldn't even come around to the front where he could see. She went around behind and began to wash his feet. She figured herself to be unworthy. But folks, when you come to Jesus, no one is unworthy. No matter what you've done, 
No matter how you've done it, how long you've done it, no one is unworthy in the Lord Jesus Christ's eyes because he will save sinners. And that's what the Bible says. He cleanses us. Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just one or two, but all sin, the Bible says. Not only does he cleanse, but he gives peace. The Bible says, peace I give unto you. What a wonderful peace that is. I can't describe that peace that I received on that Friday night, but I know that there was a difference in my heart and in my life. God's peace is so much more than what this world can ever think to give. God's peace, it, excuse me, it's wonderful and it's great and it's mighty. You can't describe that peace. But it's a wonderful gift. But we also see that it's a wonderful faith. Verse 16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That key word is believe. For whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Faith is absolutely wonderful. We don't have it in ourselves. Jesus Christ gives it to us. In order for us to believe and trust him every day in our lives. By it we receive God's wonderful gift, Jesus Christ. Go back to that moment that you were saved and Jesus Christ came into your heart and soul. What a wonderful moment that was. What a wonderful faith the Lord Jesus placed within your heart. Faith gives life, according to 1 John 5, 11 to 13. And I'll not read all that. You can look that up. But faith gives life. Faith pleases God. It's faith that makes everything possible. Are you praying for a lost soul? Don't lose faith that he's not going to come or she's not going to come, but keep that faith that one day they will come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep on praying. God answers prayer. He will answer it in his time. Keep on praying. Faith gives life, but it also pleases God. It's faith that makes everything possible. A few illustrations. You remember Moses? They're up against the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is behind them. They begin to complain, what are we going to do now? Moses said, just stand back and watch God. When we begin to complain and wonder what's going to take place and how are we are going to do this? How are we going to do that? Just call on God and just stand back and watch God work. What about Elijah? Those 400 prophets of Baal up there on the mountain trying to get a hold of that God that they say existed. They got through and Elijah said, now stand back and watch God. Fire came down from heaven, burned up the sacrifice, burned up the wood, burned up the water, burned up the rocks. Now that is a God that we can trust who can do that. But Peter, well, that means they ever walked on water. 
I've tried, but it don't work. Now, I can ski, or used to could ski pretty good, but I had a board under me. But Jesus came walking by and scared the disciples to death. It's a ghost. Peter spoke up and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you. Come on. How many of us would have been like Peter? Knowing that water, we can't walk on water. But what did Peter do? Stepped down out of that boat, walked on the water, and the Bible says he walked toward Jesus, but when he went to looking around, now isn't that our problem too? If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will do what he says he will do. Peter began to sink, and Jesus just reached out and took his hand, and that's exactly what he'll do for us. When we get in trouble, when we have problems in our life, when we're praying about something, sickness comes along, if we will pray in faith, Jesus will just simply reach down his hand and grab you and hug you right real good and say, I've got this covered. That's exactly what God will do. Oh, Go with me to the tomb. Peter and John ran to the tomb. Peter rushed on in. But John stood at the door and believed what Jesus said. The grave will not hold me. What about people of yesterday here in this church? 153 years, I believe. What caused them to come to this place and put up a little old building to worship God? Because they had a wonderful faith, a faith that believed, a faith that would carry them through, a faith that was wonderful to them. Yes, faith is wonderful. And the last thing we see, we see it's a wonderful life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Life is God given. Don't ever forget that. Only God can produce and perfect life. Satan has tried but he can't do it. Never will. Only God can do that. Life begins when we accept by faith God's wonderful love and his wonderful gift, which brings a wonderful life, an eternal life, everlasting life. And yes, that life is wonderful because of who we serve. Bible says that Jesus has made the uh, statement that I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a wonderful promise. That we have. Yes, it's everlasting life. Not even death can separate us from the love of God through Christ our Lord. Oh, I want to close with these verses beginning in Romans 8, chapter, or verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? 
as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God was manifested in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. couple of questions, and I'm going to close. What would be the price for forced surrender of him? What do you think that price would be? How many would be willing to make that price? Well, the Bible says total surrender. Everything. But another question do you think it would be worth it? Well, let me tell you from experience. Yes, it is. When you can lay down at night and not have to worry about anything, if you pass on sometime tonight when you're in your sleep and you wake up in heaven, it will be worth it. When you're praying for a loved one, a son or a daughter who's lost and all of a sudden one Sunday morning they came walking into church and walking down that aisle and take the preacher by the hand and said, well, I need to be saved. It is worth it when that happens. And I know many of you have seen that happen. Maybe it happened to you. But God's love is so wonderful. But many of you don't have that love because you never asked for it. God is sitting at the right hand of God, Jesus is, waiting for you to come to him and ask for that gift. And when you ask for it in the right frame of mind, Jesus has promised to give you that love. For the verse says again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to perish. And that verse just simply means that you'll spend eternity in hell with the devil. But I'm so thankful that he gave me eternal life through Jesus Christ. And the love that he has. Folks, if you're lost, call out to Jesus right now. Call out to him. And he will come to you. Through the Holy Spirit. And save your soul. You can't get any better than that. God so loves you. That he gave the best gift anyone could ever give. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for this one verse that you put here in John chapter 3. A verse that will help everyone who will call out to you. 
and ask for your love and for your forgiveness. Grant that prayer today to that one that might be calling to you. Save their soul. Thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do. Not only in this church and this congregation, but wherever your people may be meeting and calling out to you. Lord, we pray that you would bless in a mighty way. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.